1: Michelle, Danny, Mac, and Randy on 101 ESPN. Your new Cardinal beat writer for the Athletic is Katie Wu, who is with us on the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. She's been writing about the Cardinals for about two weeks and has already found a way to get Toasted Rav and Ted Drews into her stories, which is brilliant. Katie, good morning. How are you doing?
0: Hey guys, I'm so sorry. I'm having the same problem again. It's probably on my end where I can hear probably about 50% of you.
1: Oh, no, uh, let, let's try this. We'll, we're going to see if it if 10 seconds makes a difference. Can you hear us now? It's
0: already so much better, so okay. much better.
1: See, it, it happens with our phone lines. It's a weird thing. I, I pointed out when uh, we got started how brilliant it is that you have already found a way to get Toasted Rav and Ted Drews into a story.
0: Oh, thank you. You know, I was a little proud of myself for that one. Um... <laughs> I was like, you know what? It's only been two weeks, but I think that was a good way to work it in.
2: And Katie, we're so excited that you're here in St. Louis. You knew that you were going to get a nice, warm Midwestern welcome. I bet you didn't expect the fans to be cheering for you during the games, yelling out your last name all the time.
0: (laughs) Right. I know. It's like totally it has nothing to do with this horrible trend that is going through Major League Baseball and everything to do with me. Right. It's uh, quite. It's, I, I feel so honored, really.
1: <laughs> hey, great piece on Yachty and the perspective that you, you put in uh, the, the fact that he's played as many games as he has in the amount of time that he has. It really is. And I, I mentioned this earlier with Mike Claiborne. It's something that we as Cardinal fans should savor because we aren't going to see it again.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I was thinking yesterday, any time that you hear someone has done something for the first time in major league history, that kind of just makes me stop and say, how cool is that? You know, how do- it, it just doesn't happen. And I'm not sure we'll ever see something like this happen again, just based on the trends of the game, how demanding the position is, for it is in general, just to spend your entire career with one team. Yesterday was really special. And, and I, I think it was captivated even more with wayno on the mound, the whole moment. I mean, I know that the game itself maybe was, was not the most wonderful thing we witnessed, but I think that one moment where fans were on their feet, both teams out of the dugout, and we recognized Yachty was was really cool. And, and I, I really thought the way that Wayno did it was very fitting. I mean, how many times have we seen Yachty step off from behind the plate and let other teammates or other players have their moment for Wainwright, a guy that he calls his brother, to do the same? That was really cool to see.
2: Katie, I've been loving the pieces that you're putting out at the Athletic. In addition to the Yadier Molina piece that Randy mentioned, you have a great story on Nolan Arenado, the storybook home opener that he had about Colton Wong returning to St. Louis and the emotional tie that the fans and Colton have with one another. It seems like you had almost a, a jump in the deep end type experience when you first got here to St. Louis with the emotional side of Cardinals baseball.
0: Oh yes, I, that, that's a, that's perfect. That's the perfect way to say it. Um, I was warned. Um, In the best of ways, that this is a very passionate and emotional group, and and I can see that. Um, And I think it honestly took my my first game at Busch Stadium being the home opener to see that passion. Even in limited capacity, you could feel the emotion. Um, That Nolan Arenado home run was one of the most coolest things I've seen as a reporter, just because, you know, you couldn't script it any better. It almost didn't seem real and you know, we always say that we don't know what we're going to see at the, when we go to the ballpark. But at that moment, didn't you guys kind of feel that he was going to home or there? Like, it was a surprise, but also not really. Uh, it's it's just been a, a whirlwind of emotions on the field, off the field, everywhere, everywhere. Um, but it, it's been really fun, and I I can't believe it's only been two weeks. I don't know how we're going to get through six months of
1: this. Arenado, Wayno, in your uh, pieces on the athletic, pull back the curtain a little bit, and maybe things that didn't make your pieces, but uh, of interest to Cardinal fans. What's? Oh, uh... Uh, uh,
0: you know, Wayno is, is such a good quote, especially on Zoom, and I think that he deserves a lot of credit for that because it can be pretty hard to to share these stories in in the informal presence that is Zoom, right? But he was talking about I'm. I, on the home opener, I believe it was the first inning, bases were loaded. Uh, he has two outs, 2 0 count against Lorenzo Kane. And he's not right. You know, his fastball's missing, his curveball's off. So Yachty calls timeout and he goes and talks to Wayno. He comes back to the plate and the stands at that moment. And I, I think I tweeted a little bit of this out. They kind of recognized, hey, this is the first time we're back in Bush Stadium. The pitcher that we have had for, what, 16 years now, he needs us in this moment. He hasn't had fans in a while. Let's react. And everyone was cheering for him. And you could kind of feel the weight that the fans bring into games, the presence that they carry, helping him through that. So I asked Wayno after the game, you know, did you feel the fans pulling for you? Were they helping you? And he said, I was thinking exactly what you just said. I really needed them. I stepped off the mound. I took a, a big sniff of my glove and calmed myself down. And, you know, he really thanked the fans for, for helping him through that moment. And then he also thanked Dylan Carlson for making that wonderful grab that saved those three runs. But that one moment of of the fans recognizing, Hey, this is our guy, we missed you, we're here for you. I thought that was you know, we missed that so much in 2020. So relatively small moment, a blimp on 162 games, but a really cool one to witness anyway.
2: Katie, we tend to talk about the Nolan Arenado acquisition or the struggles in the outfield, things like that. And I noticed that you noted on Twitter, Tommy Edmond quietly compiling a great start to the year. That's something that we really haven't dived into yet.
0: No, we haven't. And I have a notes piece coming out at some point this morning where I talk a little bit about Tommy. And, you know, he's been kind of under the radar in all of the the storylines that have happened so far. The Cardinals have really hit the ground running with things to talk about. Uh, not a complaint by any means, but it means guys like Tommy Edmund are, are kind of being left under the radar. And um, he has a 10-game hitting streak that's matched a career high. He's, I know that there was maybe a little bit of a question on who the Cardinals' leadoff man would be coming into the spring, but I think they've answered that pretty quickly early on. Um, I know they maybe not might not be able to say that for other aspects, but their leadoff man approach looks really good. Tommy gets on base, you know, and he made a good point. He said, right after me, I have Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, so I'm getting things to hit. That's why I can get on base. They have to pitch to me. And, you know, he's, they need to keep him in the lineup. So it's, it's nice that he can play both positions, right? He can play the outfield. He can play the infield. It's nice having him in as, as kind of a solidified outfield position, even though I think the Cardinals would rather him be at second base. Um, obviously, as they try and configure out the outfield, we'll probably see Tommy a little bit more in right. But I think that's just more a statement in keeping his bat at the top of the lineup because that's been working really well for the Cardinals so far.
1: Katie, obviously the outfield is problematic, and I think you hit the nail on the head. I think we're going to see a lot of Edmund. If you have Vader back, and it's Carlson, Edmund, and Bader, do the Cardinals still need to do something, or do you want to get a look at that group?
0: You know, I think with the situation right now, it makes sense to, to look at this group and, and do what they're doing. Now, you could make the argument that the right time to do this was in the spring, and I'd say you have a point. But you, you can't predict injuries. Obviously, Tyler O'Neill going down is not ideal. There's still no timeline for Bader. So I understand why the Cardinals are doing what they're doing. You know, what's the sense of having all of this, this depth if you don't know how it's going to play at the major leagues? It makes for some, some growing pain, some, some frustration early on. But you have to give guys a chance at some point. Otherwise, there's really no point in developing through your system, right? We see this with Justin Williams. He didn't get off to the best start at the plate. But the more we see Justin, the better he looks, the more comfortable he is. Sometimes it takes some time. I mean, I don't know anyone that can just roll up into a professional sport and, and excel right off the bat. Um, and I, I think that you'll, you'll need to give these guys a little bit more time. And maybe it's probably not the most refreshing thing to hear but i understand why the cardinals are doing what they're doing i don't think we should be writing off lane thomas for a bad game in center field i don't think we should be you know demanding for trades or DFAing everybody it's going to be a a little bit of a process i think for the next couple weeks as the team figures out where bader is when o'neill is coming back and uh who can really fit into their configuration there. Um, But I certainly do understand the frustration.
1: Katie, one final thing. Another tradition here in St. Louis is that when the Cardinals score six runs, you get cheaper drinks at Mobile on the Run, 60-cent drinks. And yesterday in the morning, I guaranteed that the Cardinals would score six runs. Obviously, they got shut out. And these two, (laughs) Smallman and McLaughlin, have decided that they're going to punish me by making me sing 80s karaoke so if you you know how they react when you make a slight mistake you want to work with these two
0: (laughs) hey i bet you would kill karaoke i'm a huge karaoke fan so let me know if you need a partner
1: i appreciate that very much katie
0: katie what is your karaoke go to I think it depends on my mood, um, and it probably also depends on how long I've been at that karaoke bar. But I, <laughs> I do, I do, uh, I, I tend to go to Shania Twain just because I like her personality. I think that can really come out in the song if you do it right. Shania, always
2: a great call. Always a great call.
1: Great. Yes. Uh, great to have you with us. You're off to a great start at The Athletic. We always go- uh, like hearing your voice, Katie, and uh, like reading your work at The Athletic, and we advise everybody to get that subscription. Thanks very much.
0: Thanks, you guys, so much. Have a great weekend.
1: You too. See you later. That is Katie Wu from The Athletic on 101 ESPN.
0: When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on, and you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection.